Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 103. The concession stand dollhouses of Sodes. Mm, slim pickings, man. We are at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, look, I said once we ran out of players because uh, we're out of numbers, we're just going to start getting creative with what we model each uh, episode after. And I feel like they're for this Sode, especially with all the stadium talk we're going to get into. Had to go to stadium uh, concession stand dollhouses. And to me, and we can get into this more when we talk about the actual stadium, but to me, this stadium dollhouses is like they're so hated. I kind of want to zag when everyone's zigging uh, and just love one of them. I love, I <laughs> go against the grain. It's too mainstream to, to uh, hate. Everyone the hates those the damn dollhouses. But here's the thing do you guys remember what the stadium looked like before the dollhouses? It looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I don't mean to cuss this early in the looking, podcast, in the cold open of the podcast. But it kind did. of it like crap. So at least the dollhouses at least put some sort of facade over those concessions. Isn't stands. that funny though? That that's kind of how they chose to kind of, you know, fluff up the stadium, make it look a little better. You know, tidy it up. Just yeah. you know what? We'll throw some tall and skinny dollhouses in there. Well, so uh, Raymond James Stadium has like obviously the pirate ship at one end of the stadium, but they also have uh, what do they call it? Like Buck, like Buckstown or, or Bucksville or something. Like they have their like pirate like town of like with where that that uh, um, where that pirate ship is. I'm pretty sure they have like a little village back there, and it's and what it is, it's a facade for their concession stands and all of that crap. Like the Titans have. So the Titans, I think, just tried to make their own village and people, for whatever reason, it's beyond me. I don't know why, but people hate it. Like people like to the point where they openly complain about it every off season. And, um, and look, I, I think they almost need to keep it now that the, now that people, it would give us like, if they took that away, what would we complain about in the off season? What Ryan Tannehill, like that gets old very fast. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, we're going to be talking about the stadium because this week the Titans announced that, you know, they could be looking for a new home. What is needed in said stadium? We're going to get into that. We're also going to pay our respects to something that is near and dear to this stadium that is already gone. Even before they, the Titans open up a new stadium or render their current stadium. Allegedly. There's an aspect, allegedly, right? We we don't know a hundred percent sure, but on all, based on all the evidence, it is gone. So we're going to pay our respects to that aspect of the stadium, and uh, we're going to talk to our guy Joe Rexroad. We're going to get into all things Titans with him. Uh, what the Titans needs and wants are for this off season. We're going to talk to him about uh, the tight end position. We're going to talk to him about the stadium ordeal. Just get into literally everything Titans related. With, little Tim you know, Kelly, little right. wide receiver, a little draft talk. Maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. Hey, and you know, if Joe Rectrode's coming on, you know, we're talking NWI. We're oh, going to get yeah. some good NWI conversation in there with him. 
And uh, and then we'll, of course, end uh, with a little tight end talk ourselves and some Remember the Titan. But before we get into all of that, let's first get a word from the Trenches Gallery. The Trenches Gallery, located at 906 Buchanan Street in Nashville. It's owned and operated by Christian and his brother, Keith Fulton. Uh, that's a Titans player, by the way. CV number one, Christian Fulton. It's an yeah, art gallery. Never heard with, of him? It's an art gallery with the latest fashion trends. Shirts, shoes, pants, hats, paintings. You name it, they've got it. You want to put new clothes on? Go there, check it out. You want new art for your walls in your house? Maybe maybe decorate it a little bit. Maybe you make it like the dollhouses in Nissan, but in your house? Go to the Trenches Gallery. They, they create all sorts of new and cool clothing designs. They're one-of-a-kind design lab located in the very back of the shop. You can see it when you walk in. It's awesome. It's the only place like it in Nashville. If you can't stop by in person, shop online. They have all of their inventory available to buy online at thetrenchesshop.com. You can also check them out on Instagram at the Trenches Gallery. They post very frequently about new and uh, you know new and unique items that they're offering in the store, as well as get-togethers they have at the Trenches Gallery and even giveaways that they do where you guys can participate and even win some cool Trenches merch. Uh, go check them out at the Trenches Gallery on Instagram or online at thetrenchesshop.com. And when you go in the store, hey, you may see a couple Titans. The Titans love going there. I've seen Racy McMath there. Bud Dupree likes it. Make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. That's right. That's right. And now let me tell you about something else you can find at the Trenches Gallery. And that is Elite Water, right? Look, I'm not just going to push any water brand your way, okay? People say water's water. No, it's not. Let me tell you about Elite Water, all right? This is water based in New Orleans, Louisiana, okay? This is water sourced from natural springs in Mount Palomar all the way out. And Jack, finish it for me. California. California. Makes me think that you've never seen the OC, which wouldn't surprise me. This is organic water that does not contain all of the man-made additives that you'll find in some of these other water brands. The Elite brand is all about bettering yourself and putting yourself and your body in a position to where you can accomplish anything. Order yours now online at elitewater.co. That's elitewater.co. Or swing by the trenches to pick up a fresh case. You can also find them on Instagram. So when you're looking for at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram, you can look up at Elite Water One. Go ahead and follow both those accounts because they'll better your life. Listen to me right now, everyone. Lean in close. If you're listening with earpods, stick them a little deeper into your ear hole. Be yourself. Be elite. Drink elite water. And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is February 23rd, 2022. That's right, one day after 2-22-22, which fell on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But as you know, this podcast drops on a Wednesday, so we're coming a day later. But we want to wish all of you a very happy and very belated Derrick Henry Day, 2 22 22 literally every number that he's worn for the titans 
people forget he wore number two uh, preseason, his rookie season. Uh, number two at Bama. Number two at Bama. People forget. Uh, 22 with Tennessee and 22 also it's the same number. So I need to come up with a 22nd month so it can really be a true Derrick Henry 22, 22, 22. They've got till the end of the year to do it. How many months? Oh, I guess he's already, yeah, he's like in year five. I was going to say, how many months has he been with the Titans? I, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. That's they need to be about 60 if it's five years. A little, <laughs> a little quick math. Yeah, nice. There, that's smart. That's what do you smart. think Derrick Henry does on Derrick Henry Day? Because Austin, you know, we posted a bunch of, we posted a big long thread on Titan yep. Up Pod at Titan Up Pod on Twitter. If you're not following yeah. already, go do it. Go um, do it. Of some of the best plays Derrick Henry's had mm-hmm. as a Titan. But what's your favorite play? Everybody has a favorite Derrick Henry moment, and it could be oh, yeah. big or small. It could be, you know, that eight or nine yard run he had where he buried that poor Lions defender, Alex Myers, in the turf. Yep. Um, it could be the 99 yard run against Jacksonville where he buried every Jacksonville player. It could the be the zero yard run he had that buried Josh Norman and pretty much ended his career, even though he's still playing. It ended his career, let's be honest. Uh, and, that, that was it was a zero yard run because people forget there was a flag on that play and it got called mm-hmm. back and it may not even be a run it could be a derrick henry pass a king cat pass the 2019 afc divisional round game where he found Corey davis rest in peace in mm-hmm. the back of the end zone to beat the ravens that game that may be my favorite titans game but i don't know if that's my favorite derrick henry play what's what, yours or or it could very easily be the king cat run he had against the Bengals in this postseason now because i know that look that game left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth pretty much everyone's mouth everyone there's not if you're unless you're a Bengals fan that left a sour taste in your mouth however that touchdown that he had on that king cat in that game i would say was one of the coolest moments because it was derrick henry returning from the only injury he's had in his career and coming and and literally just erupting that stadium on fire. And I was watching from home in Chicago, but I, even I, like I looked down at my glass and I, I saw the vibrations in the water, like it was Jurassic Park because of it was so loud <laughs> at Nissan Coliseum. It, that that could very well be the best Derrick Henry moment, you know, yes. but, but, but for as loud as that was, that right. Nissan stadium has been rocking on multiple occasions, Yeah, you know, from these big plays, these big runs, these, you know, I get the, that he passed to Corey Davis in Baltimore, but uh-huh. he's had some huge plays as a Titan. And, you know, I, I guess my favorite would have to be the 99-yard run. But I, 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 yeah. I, can, I, can, I can get it if you want to go elsewhere because the Jaguars, it's not ever a big game when you play the Jaguars. You know, it's, it's pretty much just like make sure you get out healthy and you'll win by 35. But that play was special because – I think, and, you know, maybe it's because the Titans are a small market. Maybe it's because uh, they're a boring team to watch to some who because they don't throw it all over the yard. Sure. But I think that that really, truly deserves consideration for the best run in NFL history. Do you not? It's, I mean, it's 99 yards, stiff-arming multiple guys along the way. Right. It's as, it's as long as a run as you can have in NFL history. He scored on it, which I think are two very big – components to uh to when you factor in the greatest run of all time i think the the violence that you impose on a play which he did for three guys three guys just stiff armed them into oblivion i think that you know like the other great runs that i think of are like marshawn lynch his beast quake run he had the style you know where where derrick henry had the violence points 
He yeah. had the style points on that one with the For way sure. he went into the end zone, you know, it, grabbing now, that cross. was only, that was only a 60 yard run though. You know, like, so it's like, if he had to go the full 99 yard, would they have made it? So like, I think at very least it's as good of, and in, I mean, obviously I'm extremely biased. I'm, I'm overly biased. I think it's slightly better than Beastquake, but at very least it's, it's right there. I think that's a one, a one B of the two greatest runs in NFL history. And that includes the old Tony Dorsett 99 yard run, the very first 99 yard run in NFL history. Um, that and includes the Marshawn Lynch one. That was in a playoff game, right? Uh, oh, no. Yes, it was, which okay, so the so, so that, a little bit higher. Exactly. This was a Thursday the Jaguars, night game. If the Jaguars were any damn good, maybe that run would be held in a bit higher regard. But I mean, right. it still is to me. I still think it's the best run of all time. The Titans were losing seven to two when that run went down too. <laughs> like what an what an embarrassing like just uh, score bug. To but of course a- the Jags had gotten safety. I think that that's hilarious because the more that clip gets played and shared and you know just as viral as it already went and may continue to go, uh, it's just funny to look at the scoreboard and be like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." The Jags got safety. I believe it. Yeah, I think okay. So if we want to go another great Titan uh, Derrick Henry run, um, which to, and to answer your question that you initially asked, what do I think Derrick Henry does on Derrick Henry day? Uh, easy workout. Like, yeah. it's just, I, there's no doubt in my mind. He got a lift in today at some point. <laughs> too easy, Maybe yeah. even two. <laughs> two lifts because it's two twenty two twenty two. Nice. Yep. Probably, probably you're right. And he lifted probably 22 plates on each side when he was doing his squats. Um, I would say that my top, Derrick Henry run the 99 yard run might be my absolute favorite, but since you already chose it, I'm going to go a different route and I'm going to say the Earl Thomas double tap in the back. Um, Oh, that's an underrated one because that was a game where Earl Thomas, if you remember the week of that game, Derrick Henry had just run for 250 yards over the new England Patriots in the playoffs, the new England Patriots, which was like, at that point, they were, they were coming off the being in the Super Bowl the year prior. So the, you eliminate that beast in the AFC. And n- literally the next, pretty much the next top dog was the Baltimore Ravens. They were, I think they were the one seed. Yeah, they were. They were that was the Lamar's MVP year. That was Lamar's MVP year. They're the one seed. And Earl Thomas is saying, well, it seemed to me like the New England Patriots just weren't interested in tackling. Derrick Henry. That's not going to be our mindset. We're going to go in wanting to, you know, we're going to take this guy down basically. And just so happens like the guy that opened his mouth and spoke ill of Derrick Henry was the one who got double tapped in his back. And by all intents and purposes, that was Earl Thomas's last game in the NFL. I was going to say he was never seen nor heard from ever again. What, well, what unless you're other than his brother. His, yeah. his brother definitely knows his whereabouts. And his wife, who held a gun to his head. Yeah, well, and she knows his whereabouts just, just because he left his damn Snapchat uh, <laughs> geotags on. Finding him in bed with his brother and another woman. So, right. uh, yeah, Derrick Henry kind of really may owe Earl Thomas an apology for ruining his entire life. Right, and that's the thing, too. It's like the Derrick Henry stiff arm. Like, if you get tagged with it, it's detrimental to your career because think about this, all right? What are the three most famous stiff arms in Derrick Henry's career, other than the three in the 99-yard run alone? Josh Norman. Josh Norman. Earl Thomas, we just hit on him. Earl Thomas. And I would say Alex Myers. 
and okay. Alexander Myers from okay. the Detroit Lions who got stuffed into the core of the earth just a few weeks after Josh Norman did. Almost oh. identical play. Man, he was on a war path. Al Alexander Myers didn't play in the NFL afterwards. Earl Thomas, we just stated, didn't play in the NFL afterwards. I mean, Alexander Myers did was like on a roster, but he just never played. He was on like a practice squad. And uh, and then Josh Norman, who had to go to San Francisco, which is a sanctuary city, mind you, for protection. So <laughs> it's safe to say that Derrick Henry stiff arms end careers. And, I, and in some cases, uh, marriages. And in some cases, marriages too. It exposes brotherly love, if you will. So if you play for the Eagles, you better just watch out if Derrick Henry comes to town. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think there's just so many to choose from when it comes to Derrick Henry. And that's one, it's one of my reasons why I love this dude so much is just because you never know what you're going to get every single game. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, even when you're expecting something big to happen, something big ends up happening. Look at the Buffalo game this year. You know, everyone, you think you think the, the Bills, he was having an MVP season, and you don't think the Bills came into that game being like, we have to shut down Derrick Henry. And granted, for the most part, for the most part, they did. And then he rattles off an 80-yard touchdown. All it takes is one with Derrick Henry. He's like a heavyweight fighter, right? Yeah. You think you have him, you think you have him pegged and figured out, but all it takes is that one right overhand hook. Yep. To come and knock you the hell out. And that's what Derrick Henry brings to the Titans. And God, I love him for it. I, I love him too. Derrick Henry, shout out to you on this uh, uh, Derrick Henry day. Happy 2-22-22 for all of those who celebrate. Uh, Jack, we were gifted a gift from the podcasting gods, if you will, the uh, football <laughs> gods in an off season where it's like, oh, are we just going to have to talk about Ryan Tannehill and whether or not he's the quarterback for the Titans in the future every week for the rest of the time? The Titans said, hey, we'll we'll throw a little wrench in everyone's bashing of our quarterback. <laughs> we'll we'll uh throw float out some rumors about whether or not we want to get a new stadium. And look, the Titans have been talking about doing renovations this offseason on their stadium for a while now. We've known that was coming. However, this past week it came out, and I love that it came out on like a Thursday, meaning we had to wait six days. Uh, I texted you. I was like, of course they do this. Of course they did. A Thursday afternoon news dump might be worse than the Wednesday afternoon news dump. But um, so we had to wait a while to talk about this, and pretty much everyone already has talked about it. Not like we will, though. But not like we will. We got to give you our Titan Up podcast spin on the rumors that the Titans are looking to start a or, or, or build a brand new stadium. And Jack, first and foremost, my thought process goes to, okay, if they're going to do it, please do it on the same site that they have their current yes, stadium. Yes, because yes. to me, look, the first rule of real estate is location. Second rule, location. Third rule, location. It's all about location. And the Titans current stadium has the best location, I think, in the city for in NFL stadium, maybe the site of municipal auditorium, but I don't think you could fit I'm with you. Stadium in that small of an area. It's it's right across the bridge from Broadway. Yeah. And just far enough away from Kid Rock's bar to avoid any of the riffraff. Exactly. But, you know, it, it's got that ideal location. And if you do, if you do like to tear it down, because you know what? Um, and by the way, before I get into this, the two happiest people about this, you mentioned one, Ryan Tannehill, Todd Downing's the other. 
now everyone's <laughs> completely forgetting about all of the, you know, the sabotaging that went on in that playoff game by the yeah. Can we save the money on renovations for the stadium and just put it towards renovations towards an offensive <laughs> coordinator? Yeah. Can that go towards the salary cap maybe? Um, but so, so $600 million, that was what the original estimation was for, for renovating. You know, they had, they had to fix the plumbing systems, the, uh, and, you know, we, we probably have Mitch Ferkins to blame for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, um, I would say at least $500 million of that $600 million renovation is going towards Mitch Ferkins. Uh, and then the pineapple guy, the pineapple guy, look, I, I know what you do to those bathrooms, pineapple guy, Which all I don't, pineapple? I don't blame the pineapple guy as much because like, look, when you, when you're in a pineapple costume, it's hard to go to the bathroom. True. True. And then the the electrical systems they've got to fix apparently. Uh, the, the structure of the stadium in general is, needs to be upgraded and you know on par with health and safety standards. So they deemed you know that it's going to be double the original cost. So why would the Titans you know go ahead and renovate Nissan Stadium, which is already going to cost a lot more than what they expected with you know this one point two billion dollar number? Why why spend all your money in renovating that when the stadium is totaled. You might as well go out there and get you a fresh new stadium, a new set of wheels. Right, right. right. Yeah, and that's I think that's the analogy right there. Because when this story first came out, when talking about this, like until all the news outlets started to run with it, I was a little skeptical at first because it felt to me like this was just the Titans floating this story out there to maybe for leverage to try and get maybe their quotes down their quotes for renovations because clearly whatever they had planned to renovate the, whatever the price tag they got back, they're like, Whoa, this is way higher than we expected it to be. Maybe we should just look at a new stadium. So part of me, and I do still, part of me still does kind of think maybe it is just a leverage play to get, you know, costs for the actual renovations down. But I also do know how important it is for the city of Nashville and the Titans to get a Super Bowl. If they can host the NFL draft as well as they did, you know that they want to get in on that Super Bowl like party uh, in Nashville, and you can't do that without an enclosed roof. So I, but you, I think you make a great point, Jack. It is kind of one of those things where maybe they did get the price tag for the renovations they want to get done, and they're like, "Well, this price, you know, at what point is the car totaled? At what point do you just say let's just buy a whole new car because the amount of money that we're putting into this thing to to fix it up and to soup it up, it, it it's it's beyond it's beyond compare. You know why let exhibit pimp your ride when you can just go get a whole new ride? <laughs> That's beautiful. And you know if you build it in Nashville, they will come. Yeah, they we've will. seen you know new apartment high rises being built and people from all over the country coming and. Uh, you know, making Broadway a living hell now. And but. that's, I think, one of the biggest hurdles that Nashville needed to get over for hosting a Super Bowl. Because to host a Super Bowl, you have to meet a certain number of requirements. One of the biggest hurdles there is hotel space. The Titan, I mean, Nashville has that now. So really, the only thing that Nashville needs to host a Super Bowl, they have everything. They have the convention center. They have everything that you would need to host, uh, sorry, the big game. Then, except for the roof on a stadium, except for the climate-controlled stadium, because the the NFLs they tried that experiment with the cold weather Super Bowl. They're not doing that again. That was uh, disaster. Here is a long-term concern, and I'm, it may not even factor in because Derrick Henry may be done by the time this ends up happening. But turf, 
how's that going to affect the players? And how's that going to affect a team like the Titans who are run heavy? Now that's down the line. But like you said, the NFL, after the draft came here, which is what's coming up on four years ago, uh, the NFL, I think, fell in love with Nashville. And oh, yeah. I think that outside of this, you know, the people who live here in Nashville and, you know, Titans fans all over the place, there isn't a, a single group that wants this to happen more than the NFL and Roger Goodell. They, they want to bring the Super Bowl here. It's football country. It's in the middle of the South. Yep. I mean, it's, it's an it city where people, you know, the bachelorette parties, people come from all over just to hang out here for a weekend. Right. Uh, and that's exactly what the Super Bowl is. You I mean, Titans fans in, in know that as well week. as anyone. Look at look at like how many teams uh, like fans travel in for their game against Nashville, against the Titans. Oh, God. Yeah. We, we, any see other it, stadium. we see it with the Bills. We see it with the Chiefs. We see it with the Steelers. I mean, the question isn't will they fill the stadium? Because if you build a new stadium and you have a good football team, especially indoors, that thing's going to be pop. I yeah. mean, unless you're the Atlanta Falcons which it's never popping, but well, and that's, I'm glad you brought up the Atlanta Falcons because I do feel like if they do bring a new stadium, like if they do a roof, it, it's one of those things where it's like, do you want a dome? Do you want it like a, a full-time roof or do you want a retractable roof? I love the idea of a retractable roof. I, I and I do too, because, uh, because it is, it's, you have that option of having the open air on the nice, beautiful days on the days it's too hot. And on the days it's too cold, you can close that roof. Um, I went on Jack and I, I, I don't know how to bring this up to you other than just flat out saying it, but I went on the F words pod, but don't oh, worry. Yeah. I heard about this. Don't worry. I went, I went as a member. I, I pimped the hell out of our podcast. Now, whether they kept it in the actual podcast or not, I don't know. They may have edited most of it out. They've got different editors than us. But I went into that podcast and I said, listen, if you like this podcast, you will love the Titan. Yeah, yeah. You, you, want, you want a podcast that isn't talking about EPA the whole yeah, time. Right. You come yeah. over here. You, come, you, you take a walk down this street. Oh, you, yeah. You want, a, you, want a, you want a podcast that will talk about pro football focus grades or a podcast that will talk about, well, I don't want to spoil it because we're going to talk about it here coming up next. But yeah, you, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. But anyway, so I went on that podcast and um, they were at we were talking stadium. Also, they they had the nerve to ask me if we have beef. I was like, do we have beef? We, well, what kind like, of question is that? Are you kidding me? Like, of course we have beef. Like, yeah, we you are our number one rivals. Uh, and pretty soon to be number two rivals. Yeah, and if, if, to take that number one spot. And if it wasn't for Mike Herndon leaving, that's that shouldn't ever be a question that's asked. Oh yeah, I Mike I, Herndon kind of took took a chunk of that beef. Yeah, and semi-retired with it. Whatever the hell that we still don't know what that means. Said, but there's still still a good portion of beef left with the the F words podcast. Right. I, yeah. I say, hey, you know that F word in your name of your podcast doesn't stand for friendship guys okay. mike herndon no uh, notorious for beef hoarding oh yeah he's a wait are you calling him fat is that what you're saying no 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 just a beef hoarder so so that but we got to talking and they they uh they were talking about uh stadiums and the retractable roofs and um you know like whether or not and and um mr lebowski on that podcast brought up a good point it's the only time i'll ever compliment them ever okay but he brought up a point of like if you're going to do a retractable roof don't do one of those half-ass retractable roofs where you see in um uh like lucas oil stadium is shadows 
I, well, and and that that it like only opens up like partially. Like if you're gonna do a retractable roof, like you want to actually feel like you're in, in a in a stadium with it, like that the roof it has to serve as a full roof an, an effective an, roof yeah you're in an outdoor stadium like you want that feel if it's only just a section of the roof opens that's what's the point you know that's that, like one I, of those windows in the in, in cars that rolls down just far enough to like can be considered you know an open window right but it right. still can't go all the way down inside the window don't give me door. a don't give me a sunroof give me a convertible when it comes to my retractor amen roof. Okay. I I don't want to, I don't want the sunroof where it's just part or like, oh, it's like, oh, there's the sky. I don't need a reminder that the sky's there. Okay. I want, I want to see the whole damn, I want to feel the sky. And that's what I think. Uh, but they brought that point in, which I thought was an important thing. And I also, and I brought up the point where if, if we're going to do a retractable roof, let's not get cutesy with it. Okay. I don't want in it, uh, a Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, where my retractable roof looks like an anus. I just don't. Okay. I don't you know want I, I said I said on the podcast, I said the uh look, Titans fans have our buttholes are clenched enough. We don't need our retractable roof to be a clenched butthole as well. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Thank a, you. An excellent point. So we're on the same page. Retractable roof. Yeah. But not a half-ass retractable. It's got to go all the way back. It's that chair's got to lean all the way back. Right. Let's pimp this ride, dude. Um, I also think, and I think you and I both agree on this, the number one thing on the top of our list. Oh yeah. And this is something that we don't even need a new stadium for rename it Coliseum for God's sake. Why is it, why is it taking this long? Why does it take a new stadium for this to happen? There's a reason that we only refer to the stadium as Nissan Coliseum on this podcast is because we're speaking into existence. We know mm-hmm. people from the uh, Titans front office listen to this podcast and we know you're listening right now, guys. So hear us out. Just rename it Nissan Coliseum. I don't know if you got to pick up the phone. Maybe you just make the 16-mile drive down to Cool Springs and go to Nissan headquarters yourself and just say, hey, listen, Nissan. Hell, I'll meet you there. Yeah, we're not going to jail for you or anybody. That's a Wayne's World <laughs> quote. Uh, oh, but stop you, using those against me. I'm but sorry. anyways. You say, you say, listen, Nissan, we're changing the name to Nissan Coliseum, whether you like it or not. And what's Nissan going to say? Uh, no. Like, no, they're a car company, okay? They're not going to say anything. So I, just change the name. I don't want to get too greedy, but with a new Coliseum and all that money that you're going to have to spend on it, mm-hmm. build a statue. Build a statue of Steve McNair. Ooh. I'm calling for a statue. Okay, just one statue? It's time. It's okay. So if they get one statue, you think it goes to Steve McNair? One statue, but uh, yeah, it would go to Steve McNair. He's definitely at the top of the statue list. Oh, but wow. there's another I, picture. I, I disagree there, but go on. There's another picture online, and I think it's in a snowy game. Jeff Fisher is with Steve McNair and Eddie George. They're all kind of right next to each other. And yeah. I'll have to find the picture online. And I may tweet this video out. But I think if you build a statue, you've got to get all three of those guys in it. Mm-hmm. Although, do you build a statue for Jeff Fisher since he never won a Super Bowl? I think you only build statues of coaches who win Super Bowls. Well, so maybe I mean, we you could say the Steve same thing about Steve McNair. I mean, all he did, he won a co-MVP. Well, yeah, but... Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not slandering Steve McNair. I don't want anyone no, to... No, I know, no. I, Steve I, McNair I is... Steve McNair, I'm literally sitting on a chair with a Steve McNair jersey yeah. on it, okay? Right now. Steve McNair is... So every time I bring Titans up Steve McNair... should wait to build a statue until they win a Super Bowl? Because, or, I mean, they or went out for have... Steve McNair. Um, I... 
Okay, here's where I feel. If like you build the statue of McNair, you can call the stadium the Mac Nine Mansion. I think that that sounds good. Ooh, the Mac Nine Mansion. What about the uh, the Ronald McNair House mm, for kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then and and, the look, and then too, you yeah. have uh, Todd Clown, Todd Downing wearing clown shoes on the sidelines, or the or the King's Casa, the King's King's Casa. Coliseum. Maybe maybe that's what you call. It. Oh, hey, look, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. No, I look, I all due respect to Steve McNair. I absolutely love Steve McNair. Uh, rest in peace. Um, pour one out for Steve McNair. If you're listening to this and you're drinking a nice cold beverage, go ahead and do that right now. Pour one out pour, for Steve pour McNair. Pour it on the ground. I, I do don't it. care if you're When I'm with my buddies, we always pour one out for Steve McNair right before we drink. Yeah. So don't don't ever think that I disrespect Steve McNair. Whether I'm it's your thinking, morning coffee or maybe it's the last beer of the night for you. Whatever it may be, just pour one out for Steve McNair where you're at right now. Um, I and I, if we we're only getting one statue, I, I do think Steve McNair is. I, I would gladly put a statue. He's a top of the list, right? Yes, isn't he? I will, but if we're only getting one statue, give me a statue of someone even more important to this franchise than Steve McNair, even he more really important is. than Jeff Fisher, even more important than Yancey Damn Thigpen. Oh my okay. God, who's this? Does this person exists? Oh, of course, this exists. I haven't been seen at the stadium for a while now. But give me a statue of Molly Moo. Oh, now we're where, talking. Where my where my Kroger shopping cart race fans at? Okay, because that stadium, look to me, this that stadium, the Nissan Coliseum, right now where they play it right now, was built off the backs of three people. Okay, Terry Tate, the office linebacker. <laughs> Judge Mills Lane, who used to say, Titans fans, let's get it on. And everyone would go nuts. And then lastly, Molly freaking Moo. And you could say, well, what about the other people in the shopping cart race? Like the Coca-Cola polar bear. Texas Tex Pete. Yeah. The or, bunny bread bunny. Or bunny bed bunny bread bunny. Yeah, no, those are all very important ones. But Texas Pete, he was interchangeable. If you remember. Texas he was an Pete, alternate. Texas Pete didn't come around until later in the game. Uh, Bunny Bread Bunny, I think, may have been there from day one. Uh, and uh, Coca-Cola Polar Bear was a, was a later add-on as well. But the two, but the OG, it's Molly Moo. And that girl, my tell, oh gosh, man, just utterly ridiculous. Just really just, you know, maybe had a spotty uh, background, but to me, she milked her time in the spotlight. Man, I could go for a nice cold glass of milk right now right got milk? thinking about molly moo oh my gosh she made me want to go to freaking kroger right after the game was over in fact i there were times where she made me want to leave a game early i never did because of the music city miracle taught me not to but i wanted to leave a game early and go straight to kroger to get some sweet acidophilus dirty <laughs> you know what i'm talking about but no, so to me, I think uh, there should be a Molly Moo statue on the outside okay. of the stadium. I'll hear that argument. I'll hear that. What about this, Jack? What about a giant torch? Hmm. And not like a fake-ass giant torch like Like Vegas. the Al Davis flame, the eternal yeah, flame? Yeah, what the hell Davis? was that? I thought we were getting an actual flame, but it's just, of course, like leave it to Vegas to be fake as hell and just give us the, just a Artificial flame. Keep yeah, that what? fire burning. Come on, Vegas. It's just so lame. Give me an actual torch. Like the Coliseum um, in Los Angeles, where uh, USC plays. Give me an actual torch that we can light up every game instead of the 12th Titan stabbing the field with a, you know, because by that, if we get into a stadium, I imagine it'll be a 
field turf anyway. Yeah, so that sword of, won't penetrate that deep in that. Right. Instead of stabbing the field with a sword, you're gonna get you're gonna jam your hands. Yeah. Give me get let them light up a damn torch. Yeah, because the buccaneers, you fire the cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, the the twelfth man in the Seattle, they they raise the flag or Chiefs, something. they bang a drum. Yeah. What would the Titans thing be? Fire. There's fire in the damn logo. Yeah. I think it has to be fire. Okay, we're gonna build an eternal torch, and we're not gonna name it after Al Davis. We're gonna do it right. We're gonna build it with firewood and yeah. keep it alive. Rain, wind, sleet, right, whatever it may be. Also, here's a uh, here's a. Uh, fun one. If if it was an outdoor stadium, which it's not going to be, if they build a whole new stadium, they it's not going to happen. But what about heated concrete? Who that see that now we're talking? Would that be? I don't think that would be crazy expensive. There's but now we're talking advanced construction. I don't I don't know anything about this nonsense. I mean, I like heated seats in a car, and I think that movie theaters are are heading in that direction. If they can't yeah. get people to come into it, maybe they don't. They can't afford it. But heated concrete. I wear shoes. Be, my, but my feet what's are the thing? What's the when you go to a cold game? What's the thing that gets coldest, the fastest, like immediate? Like like what what gets coldest? Yeah, the fastest. Um, your toes, right? My nose. Okay. All right. All right. I am asked the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it, my, I, I my toes are nose too. It just gets cold. I put like heat pads in my feet at games, and like they still like it's still like. You gotta get the thermal feet. socks, man. You're still on. You're still in the nineties on your. I on am, your body, probably, yeah. body no, probably more of a preparation. But I just think heated if they like because my I learned last week that Chicago they have like heated sidewalks here. And so people don't have to shovel their sidewalks because they just turn on the heated sidewalks. Wouldn't that be kind of like a just an a, an asshole thing to do in the south? Heat your sidewalks. Well, you don't have to heat the sidewalks, you just gotta heat the, the where the stands are. So that way you can keep your fans warm in cold games and keep them loud. But that's only if they don't do a roof. They're probably going a roof. So I think that's important. Also, this isn't necessarily a stadium thing, just more a logistics thing. We got to bring back the Go Titans Go chant. Yeah, that need, that doesn't need dun, 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 dun. Which I'll admit is a it is a complete riff uh, rip off of the what the Packers do cuz they matter. do the go go pack go. But you know what? Screw you, Packers. Like, yeah, we did steal it, all right? And you know what? We made it our own. And that's something that I think needs to come back. And I know I know, Nate Bain uh, with the Titans front office was working on bringing it back, but he needed hard evidence of what it sounded like and how to recreate it for the stadium. But I don't think – I think he's struggled with that. So if you're a Titans fan and you're a Titan uh, pod listener, tweet at Nate Bain at B-A-I-N, uh, who's with the uh, Titans front office, uh, with their social media team, I think. Tweet him a link. If you have anything concrete, a video, anything of that chant that, go, Titans, go. Send that to him because we need to bring that back. That is something that, in my opinion, has yeah. gone away, and it's sad that it's, it we don't have it anymore. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's just one of the, you know, we, we've got all off season to talk about all the renovations or all the, the add-ons you could have for this new Coliseum. I, I'll call la, it last thing. Cheap food. Okay. That's it. That's all I had. Yeah. Um, that's what the Falcons food. do, right? That's the only thing the Falcons do, right? <laughs> all right, Jack. And with, with the talk of the new stadium, 
We need to focus on something that I think the Titans, if look, the Titans want to put all that money towards a new stadium. I think they need to focus on other aspects of their current stadium that have gone awry. And to me, that is, it's not, they need to focus their attention, not on a new stadium, but to a new inn. If you know what I'm saying. An inn. An inn. Right across the street from the, from Nissan Coliseum. As many Nashvilleians know, is or should I say was the stadium in? But yeah. Jack, unfortunately, new attention or new new information has been brought to my attention that the stadium in is no more. Mm. And you mean to you're probably sitting there like what? You're probably taking it back. I'll give you a moment. The stadium in? You mean the 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 the, <laughs> the rundown? motel that was right next door <laughs> to the Shoney's across the street from Titan stadium is no more. Yeah. The oh. stadium in is out. I looked it Ooh. up on Google street view. It is the building is gutted. I don't know what they plan to do with it. My guess is to build a condominium in its place. Cause that's pretty much what they do with everything in Nashville. Build like a Morgan Wallen's bar or something like right. they, like they name after every country singer around here. Yeah, yeah, and so I so I got to got to thinking, why on earth would they tear down the stadium in? And you may be like, uh, probably because now with it gutted, there's less rats living in it now than there was before. All right, all right, keep okay. your stadium. Be joke. respectful. This is not the podcast to bring your stadium in slander. So I I did some digging, I did some research, and I looked up stadium in on TripAdvisor, <laughs> and i jack because look if we're getting a new stadium we better get a new stadium in to go with it and i read the description for stadium in i said what like why would anyone want to tear this place down so i read the description for the stadium in and it reads finding an ideal inn in nashville does not have to be difficult welcome to stadium in a nice option for travelers like you. While staying at Stadium Hotel, first of all, they already, second paragraph, they already got the name of their of their own also, establishment wrong. Quick, it's Stadium Inn, not Stadium Hotel. Quick observation, a nice option. Not a great option. No, just nice. Not the only option. <laughs> they're not gonna- yeah, it's, not, just, it's just a nice one, I mean. Look, they know what they are, and that's Stadium <laughs> Inn, I appreciate role, stadium the self-awareness in. they have, okay? even though they don't even have the self-awareness enough to know what their own establishment is called. But it's a nice option. While staying at Stadium Hotel, visitors can check out John Sigenthaler Pedestrian Bridge and Bridgestone Arena, some of Nashville's top attractions. The Would bridge- you say the Pedestrian Bridge is one of Nashville's top attractions? Uh, for panhandlers, maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't know that that's where I would take somebody who's new to the city. So I thought the John Sigenthaler pedestrian bridge, which by the way, I don't even think John Sigenthaler's family calls it the John Sigenthaler bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Who the hell is John Sigenthaler? I, don't I apologize know. if he's a dead man. I don't yeah, know. Rest in peace to John Sigenthaler. Even if he's not dead, we just hope he's sleeping well. But... <laughs> John Sigenthaler. I had a I had a uh, coach Sigenthaler. He was our athletic director at Brentwood High when I went there. God bless and go Bruins. The 
but I don't even think he, like, if he had his own pedestrian bridge, would refer to it as that. Uh, but apparently those are the top two of all the things in Nashville to do that pedestrian bridge and an arena are the top two things to do. <laughs> all right, so John Sigenthaler, by the way, real yeah. quick. Okay. I love this. He wrote for the Tennessean from 1949 to 1960. He was a journalist, writer, and political fender or figure. He was known as a prominent defender of first amendment rights. So he loved the first amendment. Okay. But What's then the, he, re, he retired in 1960 to act as Robert F. Kennedy's administrative assistant. So. Second Amendment is to bear arms, right? That's the guns one? What's yeah. The first, what's the First Amendment? Uh, w- would that not be the speech? Freedom free of speech? speech? Free speech. Free yeah. speech. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big Bill of, Bill of Rights guy. Neither so. am I. Clearly. Clearly. This is yeah. not the pot. Look, if you're here to – if you want to correct us, go. you can tweet at us. Sure. But we're not here for your – we don't care about the other amendments, really. Political I mean, we, history, we appreciate okay? having them. We do right. appreciate having them. but Hell, we didn't even know who the hell John Sigenthaler was. Okay, no offense to John Sigenthaler. And uh, his- sorry. And his, and his uh, deceased spouse, Dolores. Stadium Hotel is an inn offering air conditioning in the rooms. <laughs> That's its own paragraph right there. That is a standalone paragraph in this okay, description. Well, it's a good jumping off point. Plus... Guests can enjoy a pool and a lounge, which have made this popular choice among travelers visiting Nashville. Which is uh, safer, the pool in the Jaguar Stadium or the pool in the stadium? Ooh, I might go Jaguar's pool. <laughs> oh, man, I don't like to hear that. Yeah. Might be the well, only you time I right. choose Jaguar's pool. Uh, well, while visiting Nashville, you may want to come, may want to try some crab Try some crab at one of the nearby restaurants, such as Merchant's Restaurant, The Southern, or uh, Demos Steak and Spaghetti House. Um, first of all, if you're staying at the Stadium Inn, there's no way on hell you can afford Merchant's or The Southern. Okay? Yeah. Crab. Also, as why as crab? Yeah. If you want crab, just stay at the freaking Stadium Inn. You'll get or, crab. Or go to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, come on. You may, not, uh, you may not get the edible kind of crabs at the Stadium Inn. Stadium Inn looks forward to welcoming you on your visit. All right, so with all this Stadium Inn talk, I just thought, and if you're wondering, like, oh, why isn't the Titan Up podcast talking Titans? This is talking Titans, all right? It's the damn Stadium Inn, and it's the offseason, so just bear with me. I've ranked the top three uh, TripAdvisor reviews for Stadium Inn. On TripAdvisor, Stadium Inn has one and a half stars, or I guess I should say it had one and a half stars because it's gone now. But I wanted to read these. Number three on this list, top three reviews on TripAdvisor. The subject of this review is just straight up. It's got one star. The subject is just straight up crack house. That's it? That's the subject. It says, didn't even stay here. Me and my fiance drove by. Oh, all right. This guy <laughs> okay. That guy doesn't know what the stadium and experience is like. Yeah. He said, this place looks like you can get an STD from driving by. My <laughs> God, it's horrible. Don't ever stay here for the love of God or yourself. If you want hepatitis, then feel free. But trust me, you'll regret it. That was number three. He said, P.S. No pictures of inside listed, which also isn't surprising for how revolting it is. Okay, yeah. there you go. Uh, number two. All right, snob. Number Hotel two. Now, snob. This, this one gave it a two-star review. So we're going up in reviews. Okay, yeah, good. Uh, the subject for this review, okay if short on money. 
Okay. Well, this one says, I was a little surprised when I got to the hotel and was told I needed a $100 deposit. That information was not on the website or in the reviews I checked before booking. The hotel is very old and not well kept. There were dirty floors. First of all, what hotel doesn't have dirty floors? Food particles, a dusty and musty smell. Not just dusty, but musty as well. And the bathroom was not the cleanest. The smell of hard work is what that is. They're just trying to keep that place clean. Oh, and here's here's the nail in the coffin right here for Stadium Inn. This might be why Stadium Inn went under. The breakfast was subpar. Oh, hey, that's not bad. I know. I feel like that's a that's a compliment. Yeah, right? Stadium Inn probably put that on their fridge or on their on their. The one guy said to him and his fiance, they didn't even they didn't even go. They just drove by it and they got an STD. I mean, this that guy's never been to a crack house. That guy doesn't know a crack house that hit him in the face. And then, lastly, the number one review on TripAdvisor for the Stadium Inn. The subject of this review is what a place, mm. and it's given a five star rating. Now we're talking. Now some okay. honest reviews. If you're wondering, like, how, who gave it above a one star? I don't know, but this is how they got the one and a half star overall rating was from this five star rating. It says, this is not only the best hotel in Nashville, but this may be the best hotel in Tennessee. The Stadium Inn is a gem. The service is top notch. And the guests are some of the finest people I have ever met. Don't even get me started on the rooms. They are lavishly decorated with only the finest pieces of furniture. I would highly recommend getting the rooms with the bloodstains. <laughs> oh, come on. It was so great until the end. <laughs> so there you have it, the stadium in. Rest in peace. Hey, Jack, if you don't mind, will you join me now as we bow our heads and close our eyes and take a moment of silence for... The stadium in, which apparently, from what we know, is no longer there. If any Tuppers want to take their photo in front of the stadium in this week, we would highly recommend it and just send it to us because we want to pay our respects to this great establishment. Because with like this is any Titans fan who has tailgated in the Titans parking lot or walked to a game knows the stadium in. It is a staple of Nashville, and we hope it's not gone for good. We hope maybe they're just going some under some renovations, but. Let's take a moment of silence now for the stadium in. Thank you. All right. Now let's uh let's get that, a word from our, our friends at DraftKings. I was gonna say that Molly Moo discussion made me start craving some milk. Now we're talking stadium in. I may want to try crack. I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, where do you get that? Uh, now that the stadium ends closed down. Yeah, that like, is a great may have been question. the hotbed. I was going to say, when you said, where do you get crack in Nashville? I was just going to say the stadium in, but now that they're closed, I don't know. I yeah. honestly, I don't know. That's all right. I'll find it. All right. DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A to Z Sports. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. 
That's promo code A to Z Sports at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus, Tennessee only. Gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And I was going to direct Guys, we had to turn to uh, a favorite uncle of this time. I think this is now his third appearance, maybe third or fourth appearance on the podcast. And so, you know, if we turn to someone that many times, that should tell you, the listening audience, just how much we enjoy this person. And it should tell the person just how much the listening audience enjoys hearing from this person. He's a senior writer, a columnist for The Athletic Nashville, and the co-host of Robbie and Rex Road on ESPN 1025 The Game from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. My goodness, my, that takes a lot of stamina to do a four-hour morning show. Uh, he is the Rex Road of Robbie and Rex Road. That's right. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Rex Road. He is Joe Rex Road. Joe, how are you, man? I'm good, Austin. Thank you for the very kind intro. If, they, if that got any nicer, I was about to join NWI's uh, um, you know, restraining order uh, against you guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't been filed in court yet, but I'm sure yes. it's coming at some point <laughs> right. now that he it's has more still, time on his hands. Yeah, the, the, the restraining order that NWI has out against us is still – it. It's in a it's in this like limbo phase right now. It is <laughs> the lawyers are going through the paperwork <laughs> until the judge hammers the gavel. We technically can still get within 50 yards of them. So well, this is the time period to get like even closer than that, I guess. We're right? trying to get yeah. we're trying to crawl through his window like an episode of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Joe, how's that been since the season's ended? You know, obviously we miss our NWI fix, but you're right there with us. You know, you're riding shotgun on the NWI train. That is true. Yeah, how are you go doing down, you're going down with us, Joe. Uh, that's true. And actually, like in all seriousness, really the, the restraining order, if there's like a class action restraining order, then it would really be all of us on the same side of that, right? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I will say I, I have to make an admission. We were talking on the show not long ago. Like, I think it was like about Julio Jones and I went through, well, you know, they got, I went through a bunch of guys, Cam Batson could come back. And I, I didn't mention on WI, which I feel very bad, badly about Bill feel very, very badly about that's mere. That's purely a, you know, lack of sleep oversight on my part. It's not any sort of like pivot in, uh, you know, feelings on NWI. So, did, did so don't get me wrong out on it. No, it's, you know, I, he didn't. And it was, it was afterward. I was like, God, I didn't mention NWI, you know, <laughs> so at least right. I, I, at least, you know, caught it quickly. So yeah. I feel that's okay. like giving an acceptance speech and like forgetting to thank your mother. You right. Know? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank everybody. But like your, your wife, you know, right. it like, doesn't mean I don't love her. It's just, yeah. I, it was an oversight. The, you know, the lights <laughs> were on the pressure. Yes. Yes. So um, Joe NWI is coming back, right? He's coming back. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I mean, I think yes, right? I mean, I'm mean, I, in all seriousness. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I think not only is he a nice, you know, a, a nice, uh, extremely versatile, extremely respected guy to have in the receiving room. I mean, um, I, I feel like I feel like this coaching staff 
Like there's a handful of guys that they universally love and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think you now, I think uh, if he had a, a little bit lesser role next year, that would speak to a better room and might be good for the team. But I mean, it, it is, it's good to have a guy like that um, for sure. And uh, look, he, he, in all seriousness, again, I keep saying in all seriousness on NWI because it's become this monster, you know, uh, <laughs> but he, he, he overachieved and surprised a lot of people this year. Yeah. Do you think if he, if he gets somehow like walks or gets shown the door, like who takes his place? Like maybe someone like AJ Brown or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Okay. We'll see if he can, if he can work at it this off season, you know, All right. All right. <laughs> to good go. to know at least they have, yeah. you know, they, their contingency plans. If, yeah. Uh... He's a good apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, the Titans are going to have a pretty busy offseason, all things considered. I mean, you know, all 32 teams around the league, there's a lot of roster reconstruction, uh, reconstructing to do. And, and, you know, obviously that takes place with the draft, free agency, all kinds of stuff. But on the coaching staff side of things, Tim Kelly's brought in. And, you know, this was a guy they were interested in last time the offensive coordinator position was open. Uh, they, they submitted an interview request to Houston that got blocked. Um, so they couldn't, you know, bring Tim Kelly in the, in the time that they wanted. But now that they have him, is it safe to say that Tim Kelly is kind of taking the reins here or is he playing second fiddle to uh, downing the, this upcoming season? What do you expect out of that? Well, I mean, I, I, I will say I've been told by multiple people in the organization, like this is, this is not, this is not a takeover. This is not all that different from the Jim Schwartz thing. Um, it seems to be that's kind of a, that's kind of the company line. You know, that's kind of a unified message there. And I guess, I guess I, I believe the first part. Okay. Like I, I don't think he's coming in and he's going to be the de facto, the real OC and downing, you know, maybe go help with the tight ends, Todd, you know, or maybe Todd Downing's still going to be calling plays and all that stuff. But I also, it's hard for me to believe that this is exactly what the Schwartz role is. You know, I mean, the Schwartz role Again, my understanding of that is it sort of became available and Mike Vrabel at first wasn't sure even about it, you know, and, and they figured they'd give it a try. It's like, gosh, why not? You got somebody who's kind of in a transitional period in his coaching career. He's got kids going to college. Like he, he kind of wants to just not be totally in the grinder, but he's obviously accomplished, valuable set of eyes. So give it a shot. And Vrabel really liked it. It actually turned out to be a really nice advising role and just not, not really coaching players directly, but sort of helping the staff. Not, I wouldn't say coaching coaches either. Uh, I think that's overstating it, but like he gave good input and that it was valuable. I look at Tim Kelly, like you said, um, Jack, I mean, you know, th- th- they've looked at him as the possible answer at OC. He was with Rainbow before. And the title, I understand. I've been told this too. Don't get hung up on the title, you know. But the title tells me that it's going to be more of a front end role than what I understand Schwartz's role to be. So now look, and and another thing, and, and this may have been true, I guess, last year. I mean, I suppose like if mid season last season it was a complete disaster on defense, was it possible that like you know that that uh, um, Shane Ballmer been fired. I mean, I don't think 
I don't think that would have been Vrabel's choice in, in any instance, but sometimes the owner comes in and does stuff. Right. Um, and then, and then, you know, Schwartz could have taken over possibly. I do think there's, this is a little bit more like this could be the OC down the road if things go a certain way. So I look at it differently, but not quite the way you explained it there. So, you know, and, and that's another thing is everyone's going to look at it like the Jim Schwartz hire and how the defense turned around. But Tim Kelly's in his 30s. He's not in his 60s like Schwartz is. Uh, the consultant role really doesn't make t- a ton of sense for a guy who's coming in younger than the guy who's already in place. And another factor, are there too many cooks in the kitchen on offense? You know, calling calling a defense is fine, especially when you have one set play caller. But with Tim Kelly having play calling experience, Downing, ha- you know, had – not only one year as a Titans, but he served as a play caller for the Raiders back in the day. Uh, is there an issue there? Because, you know, calling plays, you have to be in a rhythm as a, as, as a play caller. And, and having a guy behind you kind of looking over your shoulder, maybe, you know, offering some input, that could throw you off, right? Yeah, well, I I would I would not expect that to be the case on game days. You know, to me, I know, you know, there's sometimes chaos on those headsets, but I mean, I, it should be down and calling the play. And then, of course, Vrabel's – I, mean, I would pay a lot of money for just one, you know, <laughs> taped, you know, interaction with Vrabel all day on the headset. It would be amazing. But, uh, like, I can't imagine that it's it's going to be like Tim K. Hold on, Tad. Hold on, everybody. I got a better one for you. You know, I don't think it'll be that. Um, you know, I mean, look, if it goes the way they're describing and the way that it would ideally work out, I mean, Tim Kelly – like the design stuff will be enhanced here, you know? Um, and maybe um, there's, there's some workload that can be taken off Todd Downing's plate because, I mean, just in the last game, we saw some predictability with Todd Downing's offense that you can't have, or just weirdness. I mean, again, the first pick, I still watch that play, like who knows how many times, and I'm like, why exactly – did you have nothing in place to try to draw the safety and cover three to the other side of the field? Like they, he was just like, Oh, I'm going to go right over here. That's where he's throwing, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, I know it's easy for me to say, maybe someone made a mistake on that play, but it just looked like a bad play. And then yeah. of course, you know, the, the RPO that gets picked. I mean, the, and I think that may have been, you know, I think that may be a little bit overblown because these teams re- rerun plays all the time, but bottom line is, they had it pegged and that's how that pick was so easy because he knew exactly what Tannehill was going to do. And, and he backed up off the line and it was almost a gimme. So I don't know, stuff like that play design, you know, during the week stuff, you, you would hope as a Titans fan that that's where Tim Kelly makes an impact. Um, and then if things go poorly, maybe, maybe, maybe then, you, Oh yeah. Yeah. Give, Tim, go ahead. Ch- chime in a little bit with Ty. Maybe here. Let's see. Yeah, maybe maybe right. it starts as like a second and ten run play veto, and, and you know it <laughs> yeah, turns right. into a full game oh, of play Please, call. there's nothing I that 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 grinds my gears more than the second and ten run play. That was oh. that happened on every second and ten, and once on a second and eleven. I remember it was uh, <laughs> second and eleven, and he ran another run play. My gosh, it was so predictable. I yeah I. I feel like Arthur Smith put Tannehill in situations where it was hard for him to fail. And you just, you just didn't get that this season. And thus is why you saw an increase in the number of interceptions and turnovers that Tannehill had. That's my personal opinion, just based off of what I've seen and what I've looked at. And it's uh, to me, I, I, I don't know. I, I, 
it makes me miss that that FedEx guy so much, <laughs> so much. But um, all right, Joe, I want to I want to do an SAT question with you for uh, if you're cool with it. Sure. I mean, it's only been like 30 years. Yeah. I can okay. All right. That. So I want you all to of rank, the above. I want you to rank these uh, items in terms of uh, most important to least important. Okay. Okay. Or not. Let's go least important to most important. Let's go least to most. Okay. Signing Harold Landry, re-signing, I guess I should say. Re-signing Ben Jones. Or going out and adding a top of the market, not necessarily, you know, like incredibly spending, obviously, because you can't with the cap room, but finding a serviceable tight end that is your go-to guy. So re-signing Harold Landry, re-signing Ben Jones, and finding a tight end, where would you rank those in order of importance for the Titans this offseason? Yeah, that's it's a good question. Um, well, for, for least, uh, most is easy for me, okay? Most of that on, on that list is easy for me. It's Landry. Least is tough. Um, I think I would – I guess I'd go – the tight end and then Ben Jones and then to Landry only because you can potentially address tight end in the draft. But, you know, I, I, I mean, what, what's in, I mean, there are a lot of, I think, good prospects at tight end the draft. The fact that there aren't any super duper great ones. I mean, that's probably not relevant to the Titans anyway. So I'd go there, but I think tight ends really important. And I think that they should, I think that they should, do whatever they need to do to find room to go get one of those guys. I just like, if they don't resign Ben Jones. So now are you going Corey Levin or are you trying yeah. to draft the Iowa Linderbaum? And what, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I just feel like it's really important to like, they're going to be diminished somewhere on the offensive line. My guess is Saffold. Um, so to me, if, if that is the move to save money, by cutting Roger Saffold, then I think it makes it more important that Taylor Lewan and Ben Jones are back. And so then if you can have Nate Davis have a bounce back season and well, maybe have Dylan Radins figure it out and become yeah. the right tackle, then you're, then you're just looking at one spot that, you know, you can sort of address maybe with a combo of Aaron Brewer and maybe a mid round pick. Um, so I just, I think you have to do it. I think Ben Jones, who, even though I know he's hurt all the time, he's also tough. He toughs it out and plays every Sunday. Mm -hmm. He's a leader on this team, a leader at the line of scrimmage. He's, he's key. But all that said, yeah, Landry, like you can't go backward with the pass rush. That's, that's the best aspect of your team now, Definitely. other than Derrick Henry. Right. And uh, you can't, you can't let him get away. Yeah, Jack and I had the uh, Ben Jones talk uh, like a week or two ago about how like you don't people take for granted how good a good center is in the NFL. Yeah. And when you have one, you like you should not let him go. And I get it. I know he's getting old or older. He's in his early 30s. You know, he's getting super old. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but like in terms Mama of NFL, the guy. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In terms of NFL, like, you know, he's getting up there in age, you know, it's a, about that about time to have that, that conversation. Uh, and, but yeah, I just think, I think we can't underestimate uh, just how important of a role someone like Ben Jones is to this offense. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's not, it's funny because I mean, I guess probably about three years ago, right? 2018 season. I remember he's had kind of a bad stretch. I know like one of them was that the Ravens came in and he kind of just, just annihilated them up front. Yeah. And I remember thinking, boy, Ben Jones, man, it's, eh, it's looking a little, yeah, right. Little, and that's the funny thing is like back then he was like in his late twenties. Ah, get a little, get a little late. <laughs> you know, but right. no, he's. I mean, he's proved me wrong, like many have. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's nothing spectacular, but when you then don't have anyone that you really trust in that position, I mean, that's the person who calls the protections. I mean, it's you can't mess around with that. Yeah. Now speaking on the tight end front. I do feel like it is obviously, and I think everyone agrees that it is an area on this Titans offense that they need to upgrade. And I saw, and I just saw this, obviously this is the time. This is the off season. It's a time for speculation and hearsay and hypotheticals galore. There's nothing like there because it's the only thing we have to get us between now and September. There was one, there was a Miami dolphins beat writer who threw out the fact that, um, he thinks he thinks Mike Gesicki is coming to Tennessee. He said he said Gesicki is going to Tennessee. Remember, I said it. Okay. Now, clearly, that came from Omar Kelly, Miami Dolphins okay. beat writer. Uh, Omar Kelly, I don't think is very familiar with the Titans cap space because uh, I don't think you know unless they let someone of significance walk, I don't exactly. know how they would be able to make that work, especially because you know Gesicki is a really good really good player uh and i think he had like a 44 million dollar deal with miami uh he's in his final year i think um and that uh that 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 to me is like that's going to toys r us and asking your mom for like the best toy like on the (laughs) top shelf and your mom being like yeah we just can't afford that right now okay (laughs) that to me is this whole kasiki situation but do you think that that is high on the Titans priority list of giving Tannehill at least some other kind of target to mess with, because I think it's, that's one of the areas where Ryan Tannehill has benefited from in this offense in the past is just having so many targets, you know, when he had John U. Smith and Corey Davis and AJ Brown, this is when the offense was at their best. You know, obviously they tried to bring in Julio Jones this past year, when he was healthy, but they didn't, they were missing that tight end piece. So do you think it's like that strength in numbers situation for the Titans to maybe get Tannehill back on track? I do. But I also think just specifically that position is it's just, they were just deficient this year. It wasn't yeah. good enough. And I, I do believe that there were a couple guys they would have drafted and it did, didn't work out. But then you're you're leaning on Ferkser and talking up Ferkser and yeah, it just it just didn't work out. You know, I thought Jeff Swaim, really Michael Pruitt, too, like both those guys came in and I'd say they probably certainly at least lived up to expectations, but those expectations weren't very high. And yeah. I think I think he definitely missed Johnny Smith. I think you're right, Austin, that um, you know, the offense was he just had that consistent array of weapons and even now the one one who wasn't consistent but when he was in there they benefited was adam humphreys even in the slot you know right right but certainly at tight end so i think uh and and another thing is in the two years with arthur smith 
um, as OC and Tannehill's quarterback, they were very much a two tight end offense. You know, they were a 12 offense and last year they were an 11 offense, a three receiver offense. And I feel like with, with the way they play, the way they want to run the ball, I think it would benefit Tannehill there as well to have more two tight end looks, to have uh, less predictability. And when, if, if you have tight ends who can be matchup problems for people who also are good blockers, that's where that, that becomes a really nice weapon for you. So I, I don't know if Todd Downing is going to be like, yeah, we got to go back and look just like we looked in 2020, but they've got to have a tight end. So I hear you on the cap room. I mean, there's going to be some, there's going to be some cuts probably some obvious ones. I mean, I think Saffold and Jenkins, I'd be surprised if those aren't two of the names, but maybe there's a surprise in there. And look, there's, there's more contract restructuring that can be done. Um, I mean, they can, they can mess with Derrick Henry's contract. They can, they can, they can create some space. I would say to try to get one guy, I would agree with you. Gesicki is, I mean, he's a, He's a guy who's probably going to carry a big price tag, but it makes sense. And uh, I think they need they need something like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of other options, a little bit maybe lower cost and like some maybe flawed players like a, a David and Joku, who I've always thought is really talented. Yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, I'm still like uh, I'll still I'll sit there and watch OJ Howard drop every pass over him, and I'm still like <laughs> thinking of Alabama OJ Howard. I'm with I swear you. this guy could be good. <laughs> But you know, you could you could go that route, and it would be a lot easier financially. But uh, uh, you know, an Ertz, a Gesicki, sure, you can yeah. make it work. Mm-hmm. So you know, another position that they're going to have to address on the offense is that whether it's a, a, a number two wide receiver, number three, whatever you want to you know call Julio Jones at this point in his career, and just you know the fact that he's been unavailable for a large part of last season. Um, the wide receivers, a, a position they're going to have to address, probably a guy with speed, you know, that can take the top off of defense. That's an element of the Titans offense that they haven't really had. I get you had Khalif Raymond, but I mean, we're talking about an actual, you know, threat. Um, is that a position you think the Titans solve in the draft? Because Will Fuller has been a name that's been connected to the Titans. And there's going to be a ton of names of free agents that have connections to the Titans and Tim Kelly and Todd Downing. But do you think that they can afford, especially with the money that they're going to have to pay AJ Brown and they're already paying Julio Jones. Do you think they can afford to address that in free agency? Or is that a position you take maybe in the first round of the draft? Yeah. The latter, uh, Jack, I, I think, uh, every, every cent you can scrounge up. I, I would use a tight end and, you know, I know, you know, you could also maybe get like, a a depth interior offensive lineman or something like try to do, try to do something like you did with Kendall Lamb at tackle, but at guard, you know, if staff will do it, but whatever, but, but for the most part, tight end. And then I'm, if I'm the Titans, I'm absolutely focusing in on receivers in the first round. It could just, it's a, it's a great crop. And it looks like, you know, not that I, not that I read mock drafts all day long or anything, but it looks like, uh, yeah, there's there's a good chance of a really good receiver being there if they, if they pick at 26. Um, so th- that would be, and I agree with you, a vertical threat. I mean, we've been talking about it forever, and you're right, Cleve Raymond gave him a little bit of that. Um, you know, Taewon Taylor was supposed to be that, but they really just they haven't they haven't really um, locked in on a guy like that and brought him in. And I think some of that is. Uh, 
you know, it's like they've kind of gone with big physical because that works in this offense or true slot. Um, but like a Chris Olave from Ohio State, to me, oh, yeah. uh, he's terrific. And he could be a dynamite slot receiver, but he can you put him on the outside. You can do a lot of stuff with him and big play guy. I mean, if Jameson Williams, and yes, all the jokes are, are right yeah. there for everybody. Oh, yeah, like that ACL, John Robinson. Hi, yeah, like that ACL. But uh, I mean, the guy, the guy can burn, man. The guy absolutely can burn. And if he was there at 26, I think I, I would think they'd have a hard time passing up on him. Yeah, I'm with you. Dotson out of Penn State's another one of those yep. guys that I think is going to be very attractive. If you if you can get if you can have two of the three guys that were just mentioned on the board when you're picking at 26, that is a dream scenario for John Robinson, in my opinion. Um, speaking of dream scenarios, the, the Titans, the biggest news maybe of the offseason is that the Titans are, you know, exploring options for a new home. Yeah. Um, $600 million was the initial price tag on renovations for Nissan Stadium, but it looks like the cost is going to be around double that. So we're talking, you know, in the ballpark of $1.2 billion. What, what do you make of this? And, you know, I've got a couple questions because I love the location of Nissan Stadium right now, but. Do they do they you know kind of abandon that area and build you know a strip of you know a battery like if you've been to Atlanta like a battery uh, like surrounding to the stadium where there's a bunch of bars sports bars just things to do around that area because you know Nashville they love building new buildings and especially if it's downtown so what do you make of this news and where do you think that uh, they may land? Yeah, well, and and yes, I, I believe that is the plan to have something like that. And that's part of, you know, that's part of the revenue, uh, you know, situation. However, that's worked out, um, you know, the revenue from that uh, ends up being a factor in this, too. So, um, you know, I, I think just and this is talking to people, but it's also, you know, I, I you got to read tea leaves to some extent. There's nothing concrete on what's going to happen, but it just just the fact that you know, the Titans were willing to kind of let this become public last week tells me one that they're like, this is kind of like floating it. So, you know, there's going to be revenue discussions here. Right. So let's get the public talking about this. Um, and I'm guessing that, you know, it's probably going to be uh, an indoor stadium. Again, I, I, I don't know that for sure. And I, look, I personally, I love, the setting. I love the outdoor stadium experience there. I love grass for football. Um, and I, and I do think that if they built a new stadium, that was an outdoor stadium that Nashville would still get a Super Bowl, but Nashville would not get, you know, the final four would not get the college football playoff or the sec championship or whatever. I mean, you put it, you put a roof on the thing and you, and especially with this city, what it has become as an event city, you get anything you want, you know, um, so I, I just, I'm, I'm guessing it goes that way. Um, but I also think, yes, that it will be, there, there will be another, uh, there will be development around it for sure. Mixed use bars, restaurants, condo. I mean, like, I think they, they want to do a, a big deal. And then there's a lot of questions around that too. Like, do you have enough room that you can like build while you're still playing in Nissan or do you have to like, like how does it all work around the area and everything? There's a ton of things to figure out, but I think that's the way it's going to go. 
it's also just another excuse for the Titans to go back to the Coliseum, right? Rename it the Nissan Coliseum. Yeah, if you want to that stick has with to Nissan. happen regardless yeah. if, they, if they get a new building or not. They just do it already. Just rename the stadium this year Nissan Coliseum. Yeah, why? Tell me why exactly did it ever change from Coliseum? Your, your guess is as good so as was ours. That LP was that LP L- Stadium? L- LP building it, it was LP we should, Field. Yeah, yeah. We, we LP should cancel Field. LP. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's how it happened. But I mean, you know, going back to when Bud Adams got his stadium, when he was able to move the franchise. I mean, the elevators took years to build in there. It, yeah. it was kind of a bare bones deal. It was very cookie cutter. And I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I believe that's just because it was taxpayer funded. Right. And so they made it as cheap as possible. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. it's literally, because if you think about it, Raymond James stadium, I think was built either the year before or year after. Uh, and then NRG stadium where the Texans play with the retractable roof was built, I think maybe a year or two after that. And so yeah, not too like, far. Yeah. it's not like it, the, the realm of building these elaborate stadiums was out of the possibility back then. It was just, I feel like the Titans just when they went to originally build their stadium went extremely cheap. Yeah. And again, like, I mean, I still, I, I look at that place and it's like, you know, 20 years ago, you're yeah, it's still fine, you know, mm-hmm. and the location and a lot of that kind of make up for that. But yeah, at this point, there's a huge gap, of course, between this stadium and most of the other stadiums in the league. And that's where like the lease too comes into play because, you know, although it's sort of ambiguous, it is, it is written in the, in the lease agreement that like the city has to like keep it up, you know, comparable to the you know, right, to right. other venues. So, so they owe about 25 million now on that. And, um, just that's just stuff the Titans have already done just to kind of, you know, kind of keep freshening things up. So, but uh, I mean, look, if it's going to be more than a billion to do this, then then the new stadium makes sense. Now the question is, okay, so are they trying to build a stadium for one, two, or are they willing to go to one, six, or does it need to be two? Right. And then, you know, then you get into who all is paying and how are they paying and all that stuff. There's going to be a lot of good times around all this in years to come in Nashville. <laughs> now, one aspect of the of the stadium that I feel like they cannot change, right, is the stadium in. Like, they got to keep that intact, right? Wait, the what? The stadium in, right across the even, street from uh, from Nissan Stadium. I don't even know. See, I, I have no clue. Five Star no. Hotel. <laughs> If I Joe, it's it's it. probably it's like I mean if there's like yeah there's like the Four Seasons and the Hilton and like all of the really all fancy the st- hotels, <laughs> but like the okay. stadium in the stadium. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about now. If you the, know Mitch Ferkins, that's where he likes to stay when he it's comes. It's right across the street from the Shoney's. That's right. That's, the show, right? Okay. okay. You know I, what I'm I talking have not, about? You know, do they have like a good buffet there? Because I, I have not. Uh, probably not. <laughs> at, at Shoney's or Stadium Inn? Well, either one. <laughs> I know Shoney's does for sure. Stadium Inn probably does, but they probably don't even realize that they do. That's that's the grossness. Can you get Shoney's delivered to Stadium Inn would be my question. Uh, Uber Eats one. and Postmates make everything possible. These days. I don't know if anyone has ever stayed at Stadium Inn long enough to determine if you can get Shoney's <laughs> delivered to Stadium Inn. In your 40-minute stay, do you have time for a quick snack? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man uh so if uh if and when the super bowl eventually does come to nashville is it cool if i crash at your place when i come in town for it 
Oh, sure. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that means NWI is also tagging along. So you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Without he'll either be, be he'll cool. either be under your roof or at least a hundred yards away from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> or in my trunk. Uh, tied up. <laughs> uh, we'll go bar hopping. It'll be great. Right. My parents live in Nashville, but I figure I just crashed with Joe. Um, are, all right. You guys, we have it here. You guys are my witnesses. Uh, the guy I who's get going to college next year. So actually we got a room opening up. So Perfect <laughs> all right, there we go. There Good. we go. I'm dibs. I'm claiming, <laughs> I'm claiming the, the way. All right. Here's Joe Rex road. One Oh two five. The game, Robbie and Rex road every morning, 6 AM to 10 AM. You can hear his uh, sweet, sweet voice there uh and yeah if we go down if we get arrested uh for our love for nwi uh we're taking him down with us joe dude Only thank fair. you so much for the time man we appreciate it all right fellas hey as always love coming on thanks for having me guys there are no flags on the field it's a miracle tennessee has pulled a miracle let me say a quick word about our friends at Relax the Back. CEO Glenn Word has made it his mission to not just enhance sleep, but enhance lives. Glenn was involved in a very serious car accident many years ago and was looking down the barrel of multiple surgeries to correct many different issues with his posture, his back, his neck. But before going under the knife, Glenn sought out preventative measures to correct his body through sleep technology, posture improvement, you name it. Over the course of time, Glenn's body self-corrected and he managed to avoid any procedures which is what makes Relax the Back a passion project of his. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in Nashville work better, live better, and feel better every single day. If you're like me and struggle with insomnia or posture issues or you know just being awake when you should be asleep, this is the place for you. With a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting all day at work, along with Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to maximize your sleep every night, the Relax the Back team will make sure you are waking up and feeling great every day. Go check them out. 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. It's over in that shopping center area, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. If you're unable to get there, no problem. Check them out online. Stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. When you head in and you see Glenn, he'll help you get, he'll help you get fixed up with whatever it takes to make you feel better. But make sure to tell him that A to Z Sports sent you. Shout out to Joe Rexroad. Love having that dude on. Um, and uh, always, always great catching up with him. And now let's catch up with some Titans of the past with a little segment we like to call Remember the Titan. Uh, ever heard of it? And it's a segment that uh, where we just remember old Titans of the past. It's literally just as the name says. So, Jack, uh, what do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? How about you take it this time? Okay. All right. All right. My remember the Titan. I'm just going to out and out say it because I guarantee you very few of us remember this. Titan. <laughs> it goes by the name of Patrick Bailey. Huh? Does that ring a bell? Probably uh, not. No. Signed as an undrafted free agent in 2008 by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and he spent, uh, he, he was, he spent the first two games of the 2008 season with the Steelers on their practice squad, but then was elevated to their active roster had 71 career tackles amongst the Steelers and Titans in his career because he was cut in on September 4th, 2010 by the Steelers, then was claimed off waivers by the Titans the very next day. Okay. So it wasn't without a home for very long. Titans bring him in, plays a couple of seasons with the Titans. Then on September 1st, my sister's birthday, 2014, 
Bailey was waived by the Titans to clear a roster space for Quentin Groves. <laughs> There's another remember the Titans. <laughs> we very easily could. In fact, I probably should have just gone with Quentin Groves as my remember the Titan this week because nobody remembers Patrick Bailey. Now you're probably like, well, what the hell is Patrick Bailey up to these days? I'm so glad you hypothetically asked because on September 11th, never forget, 2017, Patrick Bailey began his career as a senior pricing analyst. And get this, three years later, I guess this was last updated, his Wikipedia page was last updated in 2020. Three years later, Patrick Bailey continues to excel, having received two, count them, one, two promotions, and is now a senior manager of pricing. Climb that corporate, corporate ladder, Patrick Bailey. Climb it, bitch! Uh, so... And, uh, and he's at, you're probably like, well, what company? I'm assuming Asurian, because that's what the name of this section of his Wikipedia page is. So clearly someone at Asurian was like, he's doing well enough. We need to update his Wikipedia page and add this in it. Probably the first of all of the Remember the Titans that we have done, probably the first Remember the Titan who's like post-career has been added to his Wikipedia page and he has more on his post career than he did with his playing career with the Titans. Now, sure. You've got like the guys who like go into coaching and, or maybe become high school teachers. They add those to their career, but like no one that has ever gone into finance has ever had that added to their Wikipedia page bio. So Patrick Bailey, he must be really killing it, crushing it at a Surian as a senior manager of pricing. I also found this, tidbit about Patrick Bailey. Interesting. In his personal life section of his Wikipedia page, one sentence, Bailey and his wife, Maggie, live in Nashville, Tennessee and Elmendorf, Texas. Okay. Now, Jack, Ooh, this got me thinking. Two houses, humble. This got me thinking, okay. Either he's really killing it there in his finance job, probably more than he was killing it on his NFL career because there's no way you own two houses off of like a practice squad player's salary, mm -hmm. right? So either they own two houses or, and this is how I originally read it, Bailey and his wife, Maggie, live in Nashville, Tennessee and Elmendorf, Texas. So he lives in Nashville and she lives in Elmendorf. Yeah, that would be the classic separation slash divorce you have there. Well, it, uh, that's, that's the way I, when I first read it, I was like, oh, wait, what <laughs> I was <laughs> hang on is did do they live together in those places or does one live in one location and one live in the other yeah that's a question you're gonna have to ask Patrick Bailey hey look I, or maybe it's one of you guys know you guys know wanna, a lot more than than we give you credit for I don't want to turn this podcast into like the page six of podcasts but look trouble in paradise are people are, are Bailey and Maggie having marital issues People are asking. People are asking, Jack. I mean, two promotions. I mean, he may be too focused on his work and not focused on on his wife. Ooh. Maybe that's maybe that was the root of it. Ooh, that's a great. I like that theory, Jack. All right, we probably I shouldn't go speculating about Patrick Bailey's marriage. No, no, no. This is all spec allegedly <laughs> uh, speculation. No legal concourse can be had with uh, what we've discussed here. We're protected, and don't even ask who the top lawyer is because. He's a good it's, one. It's Luke Worsham. Yeah, he's, he's, it'd be his first case. Okay, my turn. 
So I went with a guy that I feel like a, uh, may ring a bell or two. Uh, you know, he was drafted in the second round coming coming into the NFL uh, by the St. Louis Rams, by the way. This was, in, this was in the year 2008. He was a 33rd overall pick, so he just missed the cut for the first round. Wide receiver. His name? Donnie Dion Avery. Oh, Donnie Avery. Good, good one. So Donnie Avery, he played eight games for the Titans, and he caught just one touchdown. Do you want to guess who he caught it from? It was in 2011. Who was Donnie Avery's only touchdown reception thrown by? Who was Donnie Avery's only touchdown reception thrown by? 2011. This was this Sam was, Bradford. Well, well, no, it was with the Titans. This oh, was his, oh. This is only his re- only touchdown reception with the Titans. Was Sam Bradford ever a Titan? No. He wasn't, was he? Never a Titan. But like never even a like a Ram and a Cardinal. Like some of those later years. No, Sam Bradford was never a Titan. Okay, I didn't think so. But that's like one of those. Like I feel I, like I think Liner made Matt his way Castles over. and the um and uh who else am I thinking of? Matt Liner, I do believe played for the Titans. Maybe in like tr- preseason or something. Yeah, Matt Liner. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like just all those guys. Like they, everyone. There was a period where the Titans were just rolling through uh failed quarterbacks in the NFL. And this is this was that time. So okay, so who, who are you going with here? Uh, 2011. Yeah, I'm gonna say Matt Hasselbeck. You got it. Yes, you got it. Great guess. Matt Hasselbeck was the only through the only touchdown reception of Donnie Avery's career with the Titans. But I mean, this was a guy who actually had some success. So excited for getting that right. <laughs> uh, this is a great guess. So Donnie Avery, you know, in the NFL, he, he started with the Rams. He played pretty well with those guys. You know, had a couple seasons over 500 yards receiving. Then he blew out his knee. He blew out his knee, forced him to miss the entire 2010 season. And then in 2011, that's when the Titans picked him up, rolled him out there, and, you know, he didn't do a ton. Titans only had him for eight games, like I mentioned. And then, of course, where does he go? The Colts. The Colts pick him up. Gross. And he plays a full 16 games, career-high 781 receiving yards, because, of course, after he leaves the Titans. Um and he was also the recipient of Andrew Luck's first touchdown pass of his career. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a little trivia question for you if you're ever in Indianapolis. Who caught Andrew Luck's first touchdown pass? Uh, uh, ding, ding, ding. Tennessee Titan Donnie Avery. Correct. And, you know, Avery went on to finish his career with the Chiefs. He had, you know, it's interesting. Four of the first five years of his career, or I guess six years, he had over 500 yards receiving, but it was with the Titans where he amassed a total of 45 yards receiving on three catches um, in his in his season with them. But yeah, he finishes up with the Chiefs, and um, that that's really all it is from Donnie Avery. He was a, he was a speed demon, by the way. Pre-draft measurables out of Houston, where he excelled in college. He ran a 4.28 in the 40-yard dash. I, I, Wonderlick scored 14. Wow. Don't know if that's good or bad, but no, 14 it's not as bad terrible. as. Yeah, okay. 14 out of 50. That's not good. It's out of 50? Yeah, that's Vince Young level of Wonderlick scoring right there. 14 out of 50. So that's going to register your, register you a, a 28%. I know yeah. it's not scored like that, but not great. If it were. All right, Donnie Avery. He may, he, so he's probably not fast, promoted to fast, head to, but not fast in the feet, not in the brains. He's probably not uh, getting promoted to head of pricing anytime soon. He is not. Uh, Surian will not give him those two promotions that Patrick Bailey got. Okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe he found a better spot. We don't know. Yeah. Donnie Avery, that, that, that's all I got. 
That's all you got. That's all you Boy. got. Hey, and that's all we got for uh, this episode of the Tighten Up Podcast. Hey, your homework this week. We give you homework every week. Your homework this week. Go, uh, go take a selfie in front of the stadium, man. Okay, that's that's all we ask. It you just drive by, it. or even if you can't get a selfie in front of, it, just take a photo of stadium in and send it to us. Or just Tighten if you Pod. see people smoking crack on the sidewalk, that will do as, as we'll well. take we'll. We will accept that as a submission for the stadium in the Tighten Up Pod on Twitter at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Give us a follow on there. We appreciate all of you guys who do. Um, remember, uh, whatever you do, do not listen to the most recent episode of F Words Pods that I was a guest on. Uh, don't listen to them. That you don't. We don't want that. There are rivals. There are bitter rivals. Um, but don't I was, listen to them unless I was a you guest listen on the most for recent episode, but don't you dare listen to it. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't you dare listen to that. We're going to bring them on our turf and that's the one you'll listen to. You'll, you'll yeah, get you all you need listen, to know from that. Exactly. Right. You listen to when they come to our home turf. We're not, don't listen to when I go to their home turf. Yeah, okay? Austin went in without me. So wait for them right. to come here. Right. I went, I just went behind enemy he lines. Went rogue. I went rogue. I went rogue and I said, you know what? I'm doing this one for Jack. Lone Survivor style. There's right. a, there, there's your reference. And you know what? I farted. I farted while I was on their podcast. They Good. Don't, they don't, disrespect them. I'm gonna disrespect them in their own home. That's what you, I and that's what I did. You drag your mud across their house for hell yeah yeah. I'm wipe my little butt like a dog. Going By mud, I, yeah, I mean butt mud. Yeah. Yeah, butt mud. Uh, <laughs> money mud. Do you remember? Do you know what that's from? No, there's no way you know what that's from. Money mud. Money mud. That's from Camp Nowhere. You never saw that movie, did you? Never saw that movie. Of course you didn't. Christopher Lloyd, great movie. Money Mud. The guy, the main kid in that movie, went on to be the main guy in uh, Nashville, the TV show. You never oh. saw Nashville, the TV show, did you? No, never saw it. Son of a bitch. I, I know Hayden Panettiere was in it. <sighs> yeah, so was Connie Britton. Uh, oh, yeah, Connie Britton was in it too, wasn't she? Yeah, and um, what's his name? The dude from... Uh, she was great in White Lotus, by the way, Connie. It's not in anyway. She was great in White Lotus. Okay, there I'm glad go. you no, saw okay. White We Lotus. found a middle ground. All right, there, there we go. There we go. All right, uh, we're uh, we're gonna get out of here. Take a photo of the stadium, man. Follow at A to Z Sports on all of the socials, uh, especially on YouTube. Uh, if you want to check out our Joe Rex Road interview and all of the funny faces that Jack and I make in between questions, you can do so there. Joe Rex Road, uh, just it's at A to Z Sports on um on youtube and uh if you I, I guess i do i am legally obligated to make one mention of jared stillman's father so uh we gotta check all the boxes shout out to jared stillman's dad and uh you can follow jack on twitter at jack a gentry you can follow me at austin huff uh we like to have some fun on there with you we appreciate all of you who do we're gonna have uh we're gonna look the, the off season is long but we're gonna get through it together by reading one stadium in review at a time and we ask that you just uh have some fun with us we appreciate all of you who get us and get the show you guys are the best listening audience in in the podcast game and we truly mean that and um jack do you got anything for the road Nope. Uh, you know, if you can't find the stadium in, if it's all torn all the way to the ground, like we expect it to be, you know, the crack, uh, the crack smokers, if you find one, if you see one, just file that in here. Don't get their faces though. Cause they do have a family and they, you know, sure. Don't, right. don't expose the crackhead. Yeah, if you were a crackhead, you wouldn't want your face in someone's uh, Twitter photo, you know, well, you, you, for the price of a crack rock, I bet they might. 
But anyways, yeah, everyone has their price. Yeah, go like Austin said, go follow us on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast, on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. We have the Derrick Henry Day thread, so go check that out if you haven't already. And uh, maybe we start doing stadium in review of the week. I think <laughs> we can maybe replace there, Remember the Titan with it. There's quite a bit. And then once we run out of TripAdvisor reviews, we could hop on over to Yelp because there's some Yelp reviews that I love. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure they're, that content machine – is moving pretty quickly or was at one day one I, time so you know what i think bringing back stadium in has jumped renaming it nissan coliseum for me for the titans that like that should be their number one priority this offseason forget signing a tight end or re-signing harold landry just get stadium in back up and running that to me should be the number one focus for everyone I'm with you. Make it happen, Titan. Huh? It's funny how once Todd Downing takes over the reins as offensive coordinator, the stadium end goes to crap. You know? Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Oh, all right, we're getting out of here. We love you guys so much. Uh, I guess until next week. Tighten, tighten up. up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to start at six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a music city miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans.